0: Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton
1: on the show. <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton is not on today's episode. Yeah, he is. <laughs> We're just gonna start lying about having guest stars and I'll just edit in clips for other things.
0: Yeah. Billy Bob, what do you think
1: of that? M mm. mm. Taters.
0: Hey, uh, uh, Billy Bob, what do you think about blood sacrifices for magic? I killed Daryl Hargrave with a lawnmower blade.
1: <laughs> oh god. Did it work? Okay. Caught mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> him with a caught him with a right above the eye.
0: Second um, head done near took his head off. In the first Aeon was the great spirit. In the second day, I... I was the Horned God, Pangenitor, Panphage. In the third Aeon, I was the Dark One, the Devil. In the third Aeon, men knew me not, for I am the Hidden One. In the fifth Aeon, I appeared
1: before you as Baphomet, the God before all gods who shall endure to the end of the Earth.
0: In this new aeon, I'll paint you as... C.M.
1: Imagine that there is a brilliant white light just above... is commentary on the magic art. In the year of the primal birth, the door of terrestrial birth. Oh, that was very educational. Now magic will take place. Don't be fooled by it. welcome everyone welcome i am second messiah kennedy and this is chaos magic news uh god i don't have one do you have one
0: welcome to chaos magic news the only podcast that needs a lot more than three days between resurrections
1: oh that's a good one that's a good one well that wonderful joke comes courtesy of my brainy co-host the rat boy sub genius how you doing rat boy I'm
0: doing fantastic. I don't have a joke that references the name this week. It's been 11 years since I joined the Church of the Subgenius.
1: Oh, yeah, it has, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, I got a, I got an email.
1: Wow. Yeah. Why would they pick 11 years to tell you?
0: I don't, sh- shit, man, I don't know. I really, <laughs> no idea. But it, it was just one of those like, oh, yeah, I gave these guys $30 one time.
1: Yeah, and now you can marry people hmm
0: Yeah, that's true. How are you doing today?
1: Uh it's been a day, I guess. Happy, um well, by the time it comes up, but you know, it's um it's holy Saturday. This is when uh Jesus comes down and he no, goes into no, hell no. and
0: he- uh it's it's past midnight. It is it's Easter Day.
1: Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, we're just waiting for the big guy to come out and be like, I'm back, bitches. Who, the Easter bunny? Yeah.
0: Oh boy. Okay. We're, we're already getting off to a very slow meandering start. So <laughs> let's make it worse by saying that, uh, did you see the altercation that was on our Twitter where someone was very upset at the fact that I referred to Easter practices as pagany shit?
1: <laughs> no, I, I saw your comments, but he had already blocked us by that point. Oh, but you no. told me about it, I think, yeah. but tell the listeners
0: well, I I mean, I made a dumb meme where it's like Christians getting ready for Easter by doing the most pagany shit they could possibly think of. And they got really mad about that. And it's like it wasn't even really like a jab at Christians. It's just sort of a funny haha of like, you know, venerating animal images and painting eggs and, and you know, these are fertility symbols. This is very like if it wasn't commonly associated with the biggest Christian holiday, We'd be like, that's some real pagany shit,
1: and he just refused to believe it. Right? He just called me a liar, like I made that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> like you what? and all your damn anthropologists lying. Yeah. We all know that Jesus told us to hide those eggs,
0: yeah. And I understand that it's like it's that's a trite thing of like, oh yeah, what's a bunny and and painting eggs got to do with Jesus? Like, I'm not the first fucker to say that, but it was like this dude was legitimately. But that mad. makes it
1: worse. <laughs> <laughs> it was, <laughs> that means he saw like he's he's heard that shit. You know that's what it was. He was mad as hell and he wasn't gonna take it anymore.
0: A lot of folks this time of year go two ways as far as spooky woo woo people. They're either the ones that are like oh, Easter's actually a secret pagan festival. And that's why we do all this stuff. And it comes from Eostair that's pronounced Easter. And then the other people that get it like even further where it's like, it's actually Ishtar, which is pronounced Easter. And they're like, no, it isn't. <laughs> and that And that's the other camp of people that are going like, oh, my God, I'm so fucking tired of hearing these lies and nonsense. You make us look like idiots more so than we already do
1: yeah look man we can make ourselves look really fucking stupid we don't need your help
0: but it's also the same thing as like the saint patrick's day where you get all these people lining up going like oh the snakes were a metaphor for druids and saint patrick killed all the druids with his bare hands and it's like that (laughs) there is no historical evidence to support that especially because like ireland was already being largely being converted before he even
1: got there people have these awesome head cannons for fucking holidays. It's pretty great. You got to, you got to admire it. They're totally willing to believe whatever dumbass nonsense makes them feel better about it.
0: Don't we all?
1: Well, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like the, the pagan origins of popular holidays is like the one field where you're allowed to go like full tinfoil hat and it doesn't really affect anybody.
0: Well, I'll go on the record and say that, uh, President's Day that totally comes from a uh, an ancient pagan festivity of the Lithuanians because they had a a uh, a goddess who was presenti who uh <laughs> she her domain was discount uh patio furniture and that's why President's Day <laughs> always has furniture sales
1: Oh man I fucking love that can't wait for President's Day. I'm gonna go get me you'll get me a fucking table that's gonna get blown by the wind all the way down the block.
0: That's the wrath of the goddess. <laughs> Cause you didn't leave out a bucket of unpasteurized milk.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, Opening do we want to go into <laughs> part two? <laughs>
0: The thing you, we were planning a- to
1: talk about. <laughs> We've only been going for like five minutes. It's okay. Um, but you found a video you wanted to talk about, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. It's Angel Milar, And it is called The Forgotten Teachings of Chaos Magic. And it's only maybe eight minutes long. Go ahead and watch it. It's only eight minutes long. You don't even really need to watch it because it's just him talking at the camera. But it raises an interesting point that I thought was worth discussing.
1: Right. And that point is.
0: I'm at the I I think I'm going to die. Hold on.
1: (laughs) (coughs) You picked a good time to die though, because you'll, you'll come back by tomorrow. Uh, Oh, no, shit, it's already Easter. You'll have to wait a whole year. You'll
0: <laughs> have to wait a whole year till the Dragon Balls. <laughs> oh, never mind. I'm sorry. Sorry. We're, we're going to get way off. So the entire gist of the video is essentially that chaos magic as it's laid out in Lieber Null, that book that nobody read, is really not about the magic. And I know what you guys are thinking, that that book is full of magic where it's he's ripping off Carlos Castaneda and he's telling you how to make a sigil. And there's the invocation of Baphomet and all sorts of weird, spooky, woo woo Aonix stuff. How is this not a magic book? And he makes the argument that if you look at the time and place that chaos magic originates, which is 1970s Britain. You are looking at a very tumultuous time. Strikes are going on everywhere. there's rolling blackouts, there's infrastructure shutting down, institutions absolutely failing. It's a very bad time to be in general <laughs> to be in general. Peter Carroll is discussing a philosophy that is supposed to become the thing that is going to carry you through this degenerate time. That's the word he even, that uh, Millar uses, is a, this degenerating age. What chaos magic purports to really be on a philosophical level is the abandonment of fixed ideas and fixed I- ideology, especially in regards to things like purpose, the nature of the human, the the nature of psychology, and the nature of belief itself. And that's where we get nothing is true, everything is permitted. It's this notion that our morals are arbitrary, our social conventions are arbitrary, and that the magician eschews comfort, convention, security, and safety because the only way that we evolve, the only way that we improve or innovate is through the face of adversity. Which goes back to what we were talking about last episode when I made the comment about, would you get rid of suffering if you could? Or do we need to acknowledge that the nature of adversity, the nature of suffering the, is in many ways, I won't say every instant, but in, in, many, in many instances, these are the things that drive you. The The way you get better is because there's a challenge that you have to meet. He, he throws out the idea that if you're if you're doing sigil magic in your bedroom you kind of miss the point
1: listening to it made me think of something that I kind of want to give people a quick taste of real quick so if you don't mind I'm going to read this little section from another work that uh, I thought was relevant there are two factors we need to know and accept if we are to escape the pattern of moves that is forced on us and play our own higher game First, we need to understand, as in the example of the elections, that only a small fraction of the great masses will be able to defy the mighty fictions of the times and the intimidation that emanates from them. Of course, this faction can operate in a representative role. Second, as we saw in the example of the ship the power of the present will be insufficient to set up a resistance. These two statements contain nothing new. They are in the nature of things and will always impose themselves anew when the catastrophes announce themselves. In such situations, the initiative will always pass into the hands of a select minority who prefer danger to servitude.
0: Interesting. Who is that?
1: That is good old Ernest Younger of all people. Mm-hmm. The uh, the uh, radical conservative of... Uh, post-World War II Germany.
0: It's a little, it's a little of what, like history favors the bold or something like that, you know?
1: Well, this is from a work called The Forest Passage, which kind of lays out this philosophy of the forest rebel, essentially. And it has, I mean, to simplify it without getting too far into it, it essentially has to do with, it's a sort of radical individualism idea and the ability of someone to exist within A sort of society that is overtly oppressive and fueled by lies and all that kind of good stuff and somehow managed to exist while simultaneously working towards their own freedom and liberation as it were
0: certainly something that we could all take to heart in this uh, degenerate age
1: that's what i wanted to get at here it's like the i think this is an interesting take on um, this is an interesting take on Noel because partly this Angel Millar fellow is, I, I wouldn't, he's not a trad, I don't think. He's not like a traditionalist, but he does have a lot of that kind of area. If you look at his other fucking videos, he's got stuff on like Ganon and traditionalism versus anti-traditionalism and stuff like that. But, you know, he's, he's one of the Kaliyuga fanboys in a way.
0: Yeah, he and, and that's why I I said the degenerate age again where it's this there is the idea of this is the bad times and that we need strong men to get us to the good times. And I don't necessarily agree with that characterization. I hate that kind of phrasing because I do think it it tends to paint this weird idea that it's like, "Oh, this generation got soft and fucked everything up and now we need to bring people back." It's like I I just don't, you know, I don't think that's how Things work i i don't think things are that simple
1: yeah it's but, we're, we're not on the we're not on the 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 great men create good times good times create soft boys and soft boys create fucked up shit yeah yeah fucked up shit creates great men we're not on that kind of ilk but i do think that there's a certain amount of you know i mean not to go all centrist on this or anything but there's a there's a certain reality to the idea of This radical individualism of being able to stand against a world that is fundamentally against you in a lot of ways. And
0: that's something I can agree with. And that's specifically, I think that while I don't have nearly as much history to go on as some people, I can look at where the world has gone just in the time that I've been alive. And I can definitely say that the world has gotten more insane. There's more information to try to understand. There's more people that are just out for your fucking blood.
1: If not out for your blood, definitely out for your fucking money, if nothing else.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Things are very clearly spiraling out of control, and there aren't a whole lot of meaningful group efforts that you can throw yourself into if you wanted to uh, make the situation better. So sometimes, especially given the very limited time and resources that a lot of us have, this sort of forest rebel idea is, is something that we can latch onto. And then I think combined with what Lieber Null is talking about, or at least the way Millar is uh, interpreting Lieber Null, this notion of chaos magic as a philosophy that you can sort of hang your hat on and the idea of abandoning the fixed ideas about the character of man or the nature of being. This is perhaps a, a, a helpful guideline for how one can conduct themselves in the world. And you'll notice that we haven't said a single thing about magic.
1: Right. Honestly, that's, um, that's the thing that gets shied over in occultism a lot, I think. We much prefer to talk about theory and specific practices. We don't like talking about what we're actually doing, if you know what I mean. People don't like talking about what their reasons for doing magic are.
0: I, I, or maybe that the, the, over, the overall philosophy that guides their practice, perhaps. Well,
1: I mean, th- those are the same things in my mind, uh, at least okay. how I'm trying. Okay. What, what I meant by that is this, it's a, the same thing.
0: I think for, for me, at least, that I, I've been very much in the last year or so, I've been very much going back. I have been returning to Carol very much in the return to Freud sort of way where it's like, I'm trying to come back to these foundational ideas and really explore where they're leading almost in a way of like, well, I see what, what modern or contemporary chaos magic looks like. Where did we, how did we get to here from where we started and not to be snooty, but I think very much, what's missing is this sort of thing is that you have people that are super cool with doing magic in their bedroom and they're, they're by and large, the same person that they were when they started
1: doing magic, not to toot my own horn or anything, but we have an article up on the site that I wrote months ago. The revolution will not be sigilized and it's about the failure of magic as political praxis because there's so many people that have these very hardcore ideas about using magic for societal change and it's bunk honestly it's just crap very few people will take that shit out of their bedroom very few people will take it offline and go live their life in accordance with this sort of maxim of Nothing is true. Everything is permitted. And it's disheartening in a lot of ways.
0: I think it can be disheartening and it can be disheartening when you look at your when you look back in the mirror and think like, well, shit, I'm not the I'm not the forest rebel. I'm not the I'm not the the high magus that's always one step Ahead of the police raid to quote another Carol writing. Yeah. You realize that there's a lot of your your life that it's like, damn, this is very much convention and convenience and safety and security. <laughs> you know, because at the end of the day, we all want to, you know, it's like, yeah, I very much enjoy that I come home to a a house with a roof and food and things like that, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I like having my little room that I have all my fucking altar shit set up in and being able to do my magic in private. I like that. I like, I mean, again, we run an online occult thing and have a podcast where we talk about magic. You know, we, we definitely don't have room to sit here and say, ah, you guys are just, you're just terminally online occultist and you're terrible or anything.
0: And it's not even going like, oh, you're all soft and uh, afraid to, be living out, go, go live in the, the alleyways with the bums and do magic or something like that. I, I guess maybe the part of the issue is that I don't even know what that person looks like. Because I, I have like romanticized, unrealistic notions of like what an absolute radical coyote might look like in the world where they have no job, yet they always have money. They don't live anywhere and they have no relationships, and they they just move from flop house to flop house, and they did you know they disappear in an instant and reappear halfway across the world. but it's like that's not what a real that's not what a real life looks like. That's not what a real human being does, and if they do, it's probably not nearly as fun as it looks. So what does it look like when somebody is truly breaking down these paradigms that have ruled their life for so long? When someone really does rise to the challenge of these things, what does that look like? And how do we define that for ourselves? Because that's really what a big part of it is, is that there is no a, there is no singular answer. It's gonna it it is gonna largely depend on uh to what extent you can incorporate things in your life. Because there's that idea of like, am I doing this because it's safe? And then if you start going like, well, I'm just not going to do anything that is centered around my safety, you're going to be dead. Like, you're literally, because, like, (laughs) sometimes things are, sometimes the idea is, like, you need to, you need to stay alive so you do, you don't get drunk and drive your car on the interstate at a hundred miles an
1: hour. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, sometimes it's a simple, I, it's funny that we both went to a road thing. I was going to say, sometimes it's as simple as like listening to fucking, you know, road signs and shit.
0: Stop signs? What? Octagon? <laughs> That's a convention. <laughs> oh, shit.
1: <laughs> this goes back to a conversation we had off the pod too, right? Where I was talking about um, the the Plato Nietzsche inversion thing. Yeah, the, Listeners, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna explain this. I'm just gonna tell you that Nietzsche is an inversion of Plato and inverting Plato is not overcoming Plato. There, you, there's your philosophy bit for the day. You can go Google shit and figure that out for yourselves. The point being, especially in Chaos Magic, and it comes back from a lot of other occult areas too, but Chaos Magic, is, again, takes the ball and runs with it. We view transgression a lot of the time as an overcoming when it's not, you know, like that, that romantic image of the chaos that you were talking about, right? This person that has no domestic existence, this person that just runs around doing whatever they want at all times in a hedonistic sort of fervor of like, Oh, I can do anything. Cause I'm the fucking grand poobah
0: personified contrarianism.
1: Yes, exactly. And that isn't that that's not necessarily overcoming the world that's not you know if you live in a capitalist hellscape and you're just like well i live off the grid in a fucking tent somewhere you're still living in complete reaction to capital
0: right right
1: and i think that's the that's what we have to focus on in our work if we're going to take this idea that is being presented to us as carols i don't i don't know if we would call it carols idea or not personally i it, it, it jives with me a little bit but if nothing else What we need to be looking for here is an actual transcendence of these false dichotomies, of these programmed and institutionalized values and ideas that we have about what constitutes a life, what constitutes magic, what constitutes a practice, what constitutes living in the world.
0: And if all you can do is say, well, I'm going to do the opposite of that, then clearly you haven't grasped the big picture. Is that what we're saying?
1: That is exactly what I'm saying.
0: And then at the same time, I, th- I think there's a very strong and tangible benefit that we could all get from really thinking about that and saying, well, what is the philosophy that dictates my practice? And if it is something akin to this chaos magic idea of belief is a tool, you are the programmer of your reality, you are you are fully aware of the arbitrariness of what you think if all of those things are true or even if some of them are true or not even true cuz nothing is true but if those are accurate <laughs> to the philosophy then you have to you're you're obligated to take that not just in your magic but in your everyday life and really apply it as strongly as you possibly can
1: yeah, I agree. I don't want anyone to be disenchanted by this either, where they hear this and then immediately think that like, oh man, I've just been doing fucking baby work, jerking off on sigils, trying to get a girlfriend, and I'm, I'm a shitty magician. Not to be the AA guy or anything, but especially while I'm drinking, but acknowledging the issue is the first step, right? I mean, I can tell you flat out, the, the first years of doing magic for me were complete wasted years in a lot of ways. Cause I was just doing stuff. You know, I, I, I hadn't taken to heart any of the real ideas that I was being presented with. Even, even though ostensibly I was trying to sit there and be like, Oh yeah, I'm trying to alter my consciousness. I'm trying to get out of my program nature. I'm trying to change paradigms. And I, and I recognize all my beliefs are arbitrary and I, I wasn't, I was still living in the same kind of world that I was, but at at this point in my life, I can say that I've done things that made absolutely no sense to anyone else, but they made sense to me because I could get out of this world where what's the what's the easiest example for you guys? Where the normal people in your life were telling you that's not a good idea.
0: Are you are you talking about when you put all that tin foil on the walls to keep those signals out? Because that was crazy. I mean, I, that was that was insane.
1: <laughs> I I you know I I don't that get way more though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you, you could have done it with parchment paper and it, you would have saved the like The parchment
1: paper's not
0: thick enough. You you would have saved 7 cents a foot. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Square foot. I think Square. two things. One, you can never say it was wasted years because it's, it's, always that, it's always that time is a flat circle thing, right? Where if you've got, if there's one moment that you've experienced in your life that is like this, this was worth it, you have to acknowledge that everything that happened before it was necessary to get you to that spot. And that means everything that happens after was necessary. For you to be here right now, you had to be there while you were dicking around, not understanding the, the tools that you were playing with. And then two, I don't want this to come across like we're saying, oh, the the spooky rituals and drawing sigils on stuff. That That is not what this is actually about because there is an importance to understanding the right tool for the right job. And sometimes the answer is I need to draw a sigil on something. <laughs> sometimes the answer is I'm going to astral project to my neighbors and haunt them because... <laughs>
1: because <laughs> i'll get liquor afterwards because
0: they'll bring me a bottle of liquor <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh boy no but for you know for real sometimes that is the proper solution because like what else are you gonna do sometimes you're in a situation where it, sometimes there, you're in a situation where it's like i don't have something on the physical plane that i can really do to solve this so i need to go for the non-local response whatever you know that's good that that mean that is what being a good magician is it's it's knowing when do i need to go punch someone in the nose when do i need to go and do like a a poppet of them or whatever you know that's the that is the discernment that makes you good at this it's like our boy matt talking about the the tarot thing where it's like you know people just pulling tarot because like oh do they like me or not and it's like what do you mean you don't know <laughs> but you know and then i made the counterpoint with him it's like sometimes you don't know what to do and it can it can give you a a medium to operate it it's knowing when it's knowing when to pick up the tarot deck and not that's what we're saying is that there is more to being a magician and specifically there is more to being a chaos magician than the practical application of spooky nonsense sometimes it's the practical application of regular nonsense of yeah there you go all right and i I think that would wrap up what i have to say on that the end
1: Yeah, i think that's You know, it's funny. I was sitting here. I was going to, I was trying to formulate in my head like, well, we're going to have to come up with like some sort of like, well, we don't have all the answers, folks, but of course we have the answers. (laughs) Of course, we came to a rational, good conclusion for that segment because we rock.
0: We rock. What the fuck are you talking about?
1: I don't know. I'm trying to be positive. I gave the discord a whole speech about radical optimism, so I'm trying to be positive
0: hey listeners you should go join our discord
1: (laughs) no 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 don't tell them that yet i have something later about that
0: oh uh guys don't join our discord till you hear the other thing
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right do we want to go on to the 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 favorite segment of cmn okay
0: yes but whose favorite section is like who is it the viewers' favorite? Is it your favorite? Is it our favorite? Is it is it Bones I think Only's it's favorite? Our
1: favorite. Oh, okay.
0: I think it's my it's favorite. It's not Johnny
1: Francis. It's not Johnny Francis's favorite. Jo- Johnny Francis's favorite segment is usually the wrap up because he likes the jokes at the end.
0: <laughs> oh boy, we're gonna. We need more CMN cast members to put on the episodes. I think honestly, it's my favorite section. Hey, because... wait,
1: wait, 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 hi, I'm Johnny Francis, God Damn it. Johnny Francis wants to do the jingle this time. Johnny Francis can burn in hell, what, no, <laughs> I do the jingle. Johnny Francis wants to do the jingle. <laughs> Johnny Francis knows that's your job, but it wants to be his job.
0: Fine. This week, Johnny Francis can ask,
1: ah, uh, what? In da news.
0: <laughs> oh, you know that thing I said about we need more kooky <laughs> cast members for CMN.
1: You're rethinking it. I was it wrong. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get rid of all of them. We actually. need to never do this again. Wait, what's that club? <laughs> <laughs> All right, what is in the news indeed? Hey, CMN listeners. Bones um, only here, <laughs> CMN executive producer. I was. <laughs> I clubbed
0: Johnny Francis over the head with a steel pipe. I'll
1: be back next episode. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. What, do we so,
0: ha- what do we have in the headlines?
1: Well, let's see. First off, I just actually, this isn't even a headline, but I just want to talk about it. Can people like calm the hell down about rainbow capitalism? Oh, the Bud Light thing? Yeah, man. Like, I just don't, I don't fucking care in the slightest one way or the other. Like, people just show that they have no internal consistency with that shit. Like, how are you going to sit there and love fucking Budweiser giving money to fucking Republicans all the time just because they put a, a rainbow on some shit? And then all the fucking people freaking out, like, I'm never drinking Budweiser again because they put a rainbow on it. It's like, who the fuck cares? It's goddamn swill anyway.
0: It's it's just nonsense. Um, I'm sure you're going to have a lot of Republican talking heads going, oh, look at all the money Budweiser lost because they put a rainbow on the can. And then, quite possibly, they're going to actually make more money off of this because it's going to cause so much controversy. And you're going to have shitty little liberal bangs walking around buying Bud Light <laughs> because it pisses off the Republicans to like, oh, go, I'm buying this is a spite buy. I can use my, I can use capitalism to send a political message, but you can't. All you did was buy a shitty beer.
1: You know, if nothing else, all this has shown me is that you guys have really bad taste in beer on top of that.
0: I mean, I I just don't because it's it's the type of stuff that only happens with a brain that is so fevered and ready to have an opinion on things.
1: You know, I said it before. I'll say it again. You motherfuckers going to be eating the goddamn rainbow Chick-fil-A sandwich next year. Swear to God.
0: Without a fucking doubt, unless DeSantis makes some legislation about it
1: no gay chicken sandwich oh speaking of which there is something about desantis i guess we can talk about
0: he choked on a fish I get, bone i wish if only right he fell down a flight yeah. of stairs
1: <laughs> he saw a banana peel and was like i must go my people need me he said i'm a monkey and and naruto <laughs> ran at it full speed
0: he said i'm no, coming even- mitch and then
1: <laughs> it's not even good. It's just Desantis threatening Disney with fucking taxes and tolls. You're you're really showing Disney, man.
0: I mean, what?
1: Like, he's
0: threatening in what way? Like, he's like, oh, I'm gonna get you. Like, you guys are. I'm angry at you guys for having a for trying to throw your your huge amount of money around or what? I don't know.
1: I don't know. I think it's just because Disney is this image of wokeness to all these people, so. He's like, he feels like if he's just in that news talking about it, it'll make him look good, I guess. Let's see what it says. Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis, has escalated his feud with Disney, threatening to impose taxes on its hotels and roads that lead to the theme park. Who the fuck cares?
0: I mean, he's going to need those taxes and tolls because uh, he's basically going to blast their state's economy into the ground if he keeps fucking with Disney. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah for real disney just ripping itself out of florida and going to like fucking louisiana Milwaukee or some shit <laughs> yeah louisiana <laughs> i don't know if louisiana can handle disney
0: it's a small world you know? oh, oh,
1: that's a terrible I'm sorry. oh, wait a minute hang what? on <laughs> In February, Mr. DeSantis signed a bill subjecting the company to more layers of oversight through a five-member state-appointed board. But last week, the new board said its powers had been stymied by a last-minute agreement that gives the entertainment giant almost total control over development in the district in perpetuity or until 21 years after the death of the last survivor of the descendants of King Charles III, King of England what what that's magic as hell that's a curse right there
0: if you can't beat them with logic you baffle them with bullshit and i have been baffled my friend
1: what (laughs) that's fucking amazing i need
0: legal eagle man like somebody like can can i get somebody to explain this shit to me like how does how did that come up after the descendant after the final descendant of after the seventh son of the seventh son <laughs> what the fuck is i thought the disney princess was like a a, a character stat i didn't know it had like a you know it had a place in
1: the monarchy <laughs> what the fuck that's fucking amazing what the actual hell is that
0: i don't even uh,
1: well i'm i'm
0: Glad that this continues to be a clusterfuck because it really just proves what we've been saying all, the, all along. Disney is a horrible corporation and they basically own America. They can do whatever they want. <laughs> and apparently, yep. they even have the queen involved somehow.
1: It's just Walt Disney's frozen head next to the body of the queen.
0: Sewed onto the body of the queen.
1: <laughs> queen Walt the First intelligence leak exposes u.s spying on adversaries and allies yep sucks to suck are you fucking surprised on Saturday, as U.S. officials and their foreign allies scrambled to understand how dozens of classified intelligence documents had ended up on the internet, they were stunned Biden. and occasionally infuriated. At <laughs> exactly. Right. It's like, what do you mean, you guys be losing classified <laughs> documents left and right? Like that's what's been for like the last two years.
0: Biden leaving the bank, going, "I don't. I, w- I was reading the newspaper, and I must have left <laughs> the documents in the newspaper." <laughs> and old man potters picked them up
1: <laughs> oh man oh yeah and they're from the pentagon so yeah they're definitely
0: <laughs> well, they probably oh, le- they probably leaked to that giant hole that somebody put in the wall <laughs>
1: <laughs> what if they just never oh. what if they just never repaired
0: that? <laughs> 22 years
1: of, of a draft in the pentagon <laughs> Like, damn it, they keep cutting our funding.
0: Well, I'm not fixing the hole. Well, we lost that $6 billion in that audit, and uh, they just, <laughs> just said, all right, you cut off. It's okay, listeners. We all know, actually, that when, that, when they blasted a hole through the wall of the Pentagon, it actually released the, the an, an arch demon that had been imprisoned in the five-sided castle. <laughs> and that's why everything's fucked, because that demon yeah. became that- Ron DeSantis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man. Okay, what else do we have?
0: I don't know. I just I wish I could <laughs> any politician you don't like just insinuate that they are the demon that escaped from the Pentagon. <laughs> it can even be multiple politicians at once. You could say it's Ted Cruz and AOC. Get bipartisan with it. <laughs> uh we could talk about Tennessee expelling their uh democratic statesman for protesting the the second amendment stuff yeah i mean quite frankly it's gonna it's this this type of behavior is only going to become more brazen and more common where they're going to look for any excuse to throw out whatever party is in control they're whoever whatever party is in the minority is going to get thrown out because hey we can vote to expel you and we'll do whatever kind of cockamamie uh reasoning behind it we'll come up with a reason yeah we'll Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll find a reason. And then that you're just going to end up with like red state, blue state, and no, no in between. You're going to just be increasingly polarized and it's just going to keep happening. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how else to put it is that it's, it's basically, we don't have any checks and balances and there's no sense of fair play amongst these people anymore. It's just shitty power grab after shitty power grab. And I very much feel that this is a response to like oh, well, you're going to arrest our former president? We're going to start expelling members. <laughs> Not that this was literally a response, but like it's very much like this is the logical escalation of these kinds of things where it's like each, each party is more and more comfortable with just tossing somebody out to, uh, to keep them from being a thorn in their side.
1: That's what we were talking about with the, the Trump indictment, right? Where it's just going to turn into every time a president leaves office, they're going to be like throwing him in jail for something every time a or at least pre- trying to every
0: time a president leaves their house after, after, after dropping
1: after <laughs> dropping a stack of documents. Former Tennessee State Representative Justin Jones, the youngest of two black lawmakers expelled from the Republican controlled state House of Representatives, spoke In an interview with ABC News, Jones slammed Republicans for their partisan vote and described the unprecedented moving as a lynching of democracy. I believe that this whole process has been unconstitutional, Jones said, calling the GOP lawmakers out by name for what he believes was racially motivated political action. These are crimes against democracy happening in Tennessee, being led by House Speaker Cameron Sexton. They killed democracy in Tennessee. Their action was meant to intimidate. It was meant to humiliate. But what it did was put the state of Tennessee on trial for the world to see. Oh, yeah. I... We broke house rules, but we were obedient to our oath," Jones said. "I think what we did was the only human response to a community grieving.
0: I just, and that's going to be the that's going to be the, the line there, right there. It's like, oh well, they broke the rule, and it's like I'm sh- what they were, my understanding of the situation is what they were doing was tame at best. You can find footage of uh, other countries' parliaments and congresses where they get in fistfights on the floor, and everybody goes back to work later. <laughs> So it's like, yeah. Sometimes, you know, I I just think that they're going to use this as the justification of, oh, they broke the rule, but really it was just they got too loud and too uppity, and uh, they they are looking for a reason to oust members of the party that they're in opposition to because this is a game of blatant hypocrisy and power grabbing. I mean, he's absolutely right. There's this is democracy. Although I'll I'll say that democracy has been dead for at least a decade now
1: well and that's my problem with this right because i don't think that either of these parties represent legitimate democracy in any sort of way oh yeah
0: they're both demons and
1: I, it's this is all just posturing and bullshit it's like even if even if representative jones was in the moral right by some standards it's like i don't fucking think that shit matters in the slightest because you're part of a fucking <laughs> you're part of a bullshit entity you're part of the democratic egregore <laughs> It's just nonsense peddling pretending to be progressive watching america die on life support fuckers yeah
0: and that's and ultimately that's the that's the problem where it's like if if you thought that this was anything more than a then pageantry it'd be different but yeah you know. exactly
1: it's like i don't i don't believe in any of these people
0: but again we're we're very we're very cynical and like ah democracy's already dead so i'm i'm sure other people might disagree with us and they're more than welcome to i you know it's just i mean
1: yeah you're it's but
0: i think it'll be interesting to watch the long-term effects that stuff like this is going to have if states become so brazen, like if if it gets up to the federal level, it'll be very interesting, but it, you're going to start seeing things affect if, if you see things like this hitting state legislatures, it's going to be interesting to see where the states go. I'm I'm honestly expecting a lot of states to end up right down the fucking toilet Florida, I feel like is on the fast track to becoming a fucking hellhole. Some people would probably argue that it already is. I know Tennessee ain't really topping the ch- charts as far as, like, best states to live in to begin with. But when we, we end up with uh, legislatures that just have unchecked power because there's absolutely no opposition to them, what are these states going to look like? It's probably not going to be good.
1: They're going to have, it's going to be more DeSantis blogger registration. Yeah. And they're gonna, um, they're gonna have to. You're gonna have
0: to show your fucking dick before you walk into a bathroom.
1: Oh, hey, but well, remember, we we have a system of checks and balances in this country. We have different branches of government. We got the 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 legislature, and we got the executive, and we got the we got the judicial. And we w- w- maybe maybe you know uh, clearly the clearly the legislative branch is going down the toilet. And uh, the executive branch just seems to be going off the rails, especially in the last two elections. But that judicial branch, I'm sure there's something good going on there. Right.
0: Clarence Thomas fell down some stairs.
1: <laughs> it, it is Clarence Thomas. I know. Though.
0: I know. I already know it. Clarence Thomas is incredibly is incredibly based and dragon pilled in that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, callbacks. Sorry. uh No, Clarence Thomas is uh, there. There's calls for Clarence Thomas to be expelled from the Supreme Court due to corruption allegations, which is not a surprise to anybody that understands Clarence Thomas's personal associations
1: and his fucking voting history. (laughs) Like this is obvious shit. We all knew this. It's just Oh, but you're completely right about him being dragon-pilled as a motherfucker. You want to hear what his explanation for it was? <laughs> that my brain is very smooth, and I didn't realize this was illegal. <laughs> Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas on Friday explained his failure to disclose trips paid for by a friend, conservative billionaire Harlan Crow. Thomas said in a statement that Crow and his wife Kathy are dearest friends, and that he and his wife had joined them on family trips for years. This is the best part though. Early in my tenure at the court, I sought guidance from my colleagues and others in the judiciary and was advised that this sort of personal hospitality from close personal friends who did not have business before the court was not reportable. <laughs> they told me it was okay. They just He's going full blown like Burger King worker got caught smoking a fucking jay in the bathroom and like everyone else was doing it it's fine, right?
0: Look, all I'm saying is that if you go into the Supreme Court, you don't want foot fungus on your lettuce, but that might be what you get.
1: <laughs> Burger King foot lettuce. I just love the... I love this. It's like, look, man, you know, some people... Some people, you know, they're, they they go out with their friends and they buy them dinner. You know, my friends buy me a massive trip across the world. Yeah, they just... they He just said hey uh
0: oh uh, clary clary uh here's the keys that's to what the he calls me yeah here's the keys to the private jet let's uh, just take your wife down to the poconos don't worry about it send me the bill like, oh, fuck, <laughs> like, what the, fuck? the fact that the supreme mr supreme court justice is friends with a with a, a conservative billionaire it's like that should already be a red fucking flag but you know we just don't give a shit Oh, God. I'm sure you find this shit about every single one of those Supreme Court justices. Every single one of them. Oh, you know, actually, I can relate this back to the opening discussion, too, because one of the keys of these sort of ages is that you lose faith in the common religion. But the other thing is that you lose faith in the institutions. And we have talked about that since probably the first fucking episode. No faith in institutions. Does anybody trust a single one of these bastards on the Supreme Court? If you do, uh, I have: a You're w-
1: not a KO.: <laughs> Yeah, you're not.
0: You're, I'm sorry, you're fucking not. You're banned from chaos magic. Yeah.
1: Oh man. All right. Well, trying to get away from some American news because not everyone's American here.
0: Who's not American that's here right now?
1: I don't know. One of the listeners.:
0: a new Our new character. <laughs> oh no.
1: CMN
0: correspondent. For Ren, I'm, I'm not going to do, uh, if I do any sort of accent or voice, <laughs> it's going to be problematic. So, uh, hi, I'm CMN correspondent for N, and I am here to deliver the international headlines, which I will do now. What are the headlines?
1: Uh, let's see. Do, do, do. Zimbabwe opposition tweet case fuels poll crackdown fears. CCC spokesperson Fadazaya Mahari convicted over tweet as ZANU PF accused of curbing free speech. One of Zimbabwe's most vocal opposition politicians, name that I will butcher if I try to pronounce it again, has narrowly avoided a prison sentence after being convicted of communicating falsehoods in 2021. The verdict has stoked fears of a brutal state clampdown on freedom of expression before this summer's general election. You know, um, it's weird, right? Because you almost feel like this is probably an American headline in about five years.
0: Not even five months. We got an election coming. Oh yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is I, I think that, not that this is accurate but i believe that the perception for a lot of people is that they they were they're so accustomed to like oh look at the backward democracy of the third world and it's like brother brother look outside we've got the exact same issues like it's it's it should go without saying that free speech is the cornerstone of any sort of uh democratic society if you're not free to say what you believe if you're not free to say what you think then what are you free to do? And mm-hmm. it's, it's fucked up. It's brutal. The idea of uh, putting something on social media. I mean, we live in a world where sometimes we worry that what we put on social media might get us in trouble at our job or it might make it hard for us to find employment or something like that. But could you imagine tweeting and then being worried that the government is going to come lock you up? And granted... That's still a problem in America, but to the far less extreme. And then I think part of it is that there's very much the idea of you will be jailed for saying the truth, which I think is what probably what the, the big fear here is. The idea of spreading falsehoods and what that means is like, how, what do they define a falsehood as? What the state disagrees with.
1: And on the social level, it's the same thing, right? Because for better or worse, the Twitter mobs will come after you for saying stuff that the majority doesn't fucking like whether you agree with that or not. Well, correction, whether you agree with the sentiment or not, the fact that you'll be hounded and doxed and thrown into a fucking complete disarray for saying shit probably isn't the best kind of world to live in. Just saying.
0: It's not, it's not again. It, it, it's the sort of thing that we were talking about earlier too, where it's how do you put yourself in a position that insulates you from that sort of thing? One, there's not being online at all. Like, you know, being in a position where you could like cut the, cut the, <laughs> walk away from the screen, close your eyes, close your eyes. You know, how is cyber bullying real? But on another level, there's, there is that, uh, the William Burroughs quote that, Oh, uh, I'm not running for office and I'm not a politician. I don't have to put up with any, I don't have to deal with anybody's stupid opinion.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: But it's it's a difficult one where there's always going to be somebody coming for you if you are honest about what you think, <laughs> just the way it works. Yeah. But I think we can all agree that the government shouldn't be the one that is uh, right. coming for you
1: free free speech is just
0: the like i said free speech is the cornerstone of any democratic society and that's just that's one of those free
1: speech is the cornerstone of any free society absolutely and speaking of uh social media and various uh entities uh telling you that you can't say shit twitter accused of censorship in india as it blocks modi critics canadian politician Poet, an Indian PM, and journalist are among 120 accounts that have been withheld.
0: Uh, Elon, what the fuck, dude?
1: Yeah, right? It's, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, we, we, I, I talked about social implications. I talked about the government doing it, but we definitely shouldn't have fucking corporations colluding with governments or singular government officials to fucking do it either, obviously.
0: Oh, but when they banned Trump, it was fine. Fucking lib
1: i had no i i I told everyone that i thought it was hilarious that trump got banned but i didn't think it was right necessarily i mean there's
0: there's also that thing of like it's their platform they can technically do whatever the hell they want
1: right Uh, no it's a you need to nationalize twitter right this fucking second
0: (laughs) yeah i think that there's a it's it's an interesting thought i mean there's also the idea of like well where does free speech stop and end and i uh i sorry start and end and i i very much err on the other side of it it's like to a certain extent i think social media sites are obligated to honor free speech uh i base this solely on a gut feeling that i have (laughs) because when people start saying things that i disagree with i'm like just blight them from the internet (laughs) to tear them away from their families Throw them into a pit,
1: put them in the jail, you put know, them under the jail put them
0: under the jail i mean but uh but I think we all understand you know there's certain things where it's like when there's somebody advocating fucking genocide, it's like you know you fuck you, you shouldn't be it's like, that's a really fucked yeah. up idea, but it's yeah. um but it's it's always a very dicey line you know it's it's always a, but i I tend to err far more on the side of of libertine ideals of yeah, I don't care if it's your website, you should, you should have a good sense of what freedom of speech should look like. And it's, that also goes back to the thing of like, oh, you can collude with the government to censor critics, but you can't get the fucking neo-Nazis off your site. What the hell?
1: Yeah. You, you can't get the stalkers that are DMing people fucking crazy goddamn oh, no. shit. I don't oh, know, no. man. I said nationalize Twitter, but then now that I'm thinking about it, that's a problem too because then it's just the government has Twitter and that's probably going to be just as bad. I don't know. Maybe some form of decentralized social media should come out, but uh increasingly we live in a world where that seems less and less possible. It'll just be fucking crypto bros making social media. Uh one more headline and then we'll go to the next segment.
0: Sounds lo- well, hold on, hold on. Let's check with our foreign correspondent for ren what do you think one more headline absolutely thank you for having me on the show anytime
1: he's not getting paid he knows that right
0: well now he left
1: oh well, thanks sucks. you're chasing off all of our help <laughs> damn you know i told johnny francis he wasn't getting paid and he was like i do this for the love and he got beat over the head with a steel pipe so like yeah he's on the ground right now it's kind of he, he's twitching a lot well normally this is our wait we didn't we change it because we, it was the parrot headline and then we became it, it turned into what what was the other one we made it
0: what the it's the dragon
1: pilled headline The dragon pill headline well we're going to change it again this week this is going to be the easter bunny headline go on <laughs> philippines hold bloody crucifixions on good friday despite catholic church objection what the absolute <laughs> fuck <laughs> It's gonna be like a silly, goofy, funny headline. What they're killing, they're crucifying. Why? Uh, What? Okay, see, I know what this is, so I wasn't freaked out about it, but in hindsight, that is not the best way to phrase that headline. They're just straight up like Philippines crucifying people, even though the Catholic Church is like, maybe don't do that. No, no, no. This is a tradition where they. People volunteer to be like crucified, quote unquote, and they do it in a way that it doesn't kill you, obviously, but they like nail you through the hands and they tie you up so you don't like actually die on the cross and stuff, but they do it. It's a tradition.
0: You know, now we're now we've come full circle where we've said, all right, we convention is not good. Tradition is is something that you shouldn't hold yourself to, but also security and safety aren't things you should hold yourself to. And this tradition is incredibly dangerous. So, (laughs) hmm. oh,
1: and it also has a a respected institution telling you not to.
0: God, so mixed. You're Sophie in my choice. (laughs) So is the idea of uh, it's a volunteer so that you can know the pain of Christ?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight motherfuckers got nailed to some crosses.
0: Okay, you can't all be Jesus, all right? Fine. <laughs> you know what? That, you see, here's the problem, though. They're missing, what they're missing is that you shouldn't be able to volunteer. You should have one of your friends sign you up for money <laughs> to get the real Jesus experience. I was out drinking with my boys, and then Joey... <laughs> sold me out to the philippines for a a sock of 30 nickels now i'm getting nailed to a piece of wood
1: what the in the worst kind of way i'm oh god villagers dressed as roman centurions later hammered four inch stainless steel nails through eight men's palms and feet
0: holy shit they're cosplaying while they do this i know right is this larping or is this genuine religious practice i guess is the
1: question oh my god they full they go the full gamut man they 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 carry the crosses they're all barefoot they're whipped with sharp bamboo sticks i don't know if that's period i don't know if they had bamboo in the middle east at the time i
0: am not a biblical scholar but i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that uh the bamboo probably didn't show up until after the resurrection (laughs) i think the holy spirit brought
1: it (laughs) oh wow while on the cross one of them said he prayed for god to end the covid 19 virus and russia's invasion of ukraine there we go there's the magical angle no think about it as a as a way to experience gnosis i no, i
0: absolutely agree with that on that and uh it would probably be excruciating but um I think maybe if I had the opportunity, I, yeah,
1: honestly, I, I, I think maybe? I would too in a weird way. That's, like it would are probably we nuts. Are we absolutely out of our minds? And we're disregarding safety and comfort because we're real chaos. That's so what I learned from a video. That,
0: that would be That's what I learned from a YouTube video. <laughs> all right, sweetie.
1: <laughs>
0: How many people could really say that in their life? Eight people that year. So if that's an average year, I mean like shit, that's still you you're still in a such a small number. Could you imagine?
1: Yeah, that's man. Honestly, you have to admire the religious commitment to something like that too.
0: Oh, absolutely. Joel Austin's not
1: gonna get nailed to a goddamn cross to stop COVID.
0: Yeah, because he's a coward. Yeah. And could you imagine going through that and while you're absolutely suffering, you're you're praying to God and saying, like, hey God, um, there's a lot of other people suffering right now. Can you Can you help them out? That's, uh, that's kind of beautiful.
1: It is. It's, it's genuinely beautiful that I'm glad we read this one because that was the, that was the spot of bright light that we needed after all of that shit.
0: And it's, it's absolutely in the, in the midst of an absolutely insane practice. I'm sure. Yeah, man. I mean, cause I'm sure everybody's looking. It's like, look at these backwards crazies, religious nuts doing that and then we're just looking at it it's like that's that's the universal compassion
1: yeah that is that is that is being a christ right there
0: yeah uh, absolutely listeners go into your backyard
1: <laughs> get a plank of wood you still have time easter isn't until the sun comes up uh thank god this you is going and out after friend. easter
0: <laughs> all right here how about this all right there's no sense of both of us being crucified How about I get crucified and you just carry the cross for me for a minute? You know, where he had the where, oh, God, what's his name? Who is the guy that carried the cross for Jesus for the little bit?
1: I don't remember. Well,
0: you can do you. You can just carry the cross for me for a minute.
1: No, I'm I'm going to be a centurion and I'm going to hit you with the bamboo stick. Well, you know, yeah, actually,
0: that's the that is the only question is that because if it doesn't end with you getting jabbed in the side by a spear, does it? You, count? Didn't, do, you didn't go the full Monty, man, that's forgive us, father. We know not what we
1: do. <laughs> Honestly, that that is that is kind of beautiful. And thank God we have that to go out on. Yeah, that's a
0: that's a great one. That really is a. Just a fascinating and oddly heartwarming.
1: Who knew all it took was a Filipino man being nailed to a cross to give us some hope? Jesus, we're fu- we are fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> we're terrible people. So, on to the next segment. And here's where we get to talk about the Discord. We have a Discord. Yeah. We have a Discord and we have some really lovely, lovely listeners and lovely people in there. And something that we have been talking about for like the last week or so is AI.
0: I thought we were talking about Al this whole time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm Al. Hi. No, no characters. Oh, no God. more characters no more cast members no 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 yeah we've been talking about using ai for magical work and it was it's really good because i know that me and uh the the rat boy over there are not uh we're not big ai people i i don't know if i've ranted to the listeners about my own feelings about ai before but i um i'm a big fan of uh, a certain mr herbert dreyfus who wrote the um the ultimate critique of AI back in the 70s, a book called What Computers Can't Do. Play soccer. Exactly. Like, yes, but no.
0: <laughs> yeah, but there's there's more to it than that. <laughs> there's
1: a little more going on. Yeah, but AI is super prevalent right now. And I know just from our Discord, a lot of people are using it for very interesting things magically.
0: The problem is, right, is that there's, there's AI and then there's AI. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Like that's,
0: that's the ultimate issue for me, at least it's like what you're talking about is a program that learns a, a large, a large, uh, and this is where I show my huge ignorance to what I'm actually talking about. But basically what you've got is machine learning where something understands a set of rules and parameters and just gets better at act at acting in accordance with those, right? That is not the same as like a thinky thing, a thinky cognizant thing. And I and uh, there's an interview coming up where a certain somebody who I will name at a later date makes a a much uh, makes a, a a compelling argument against what I just said. That there's a and and particularly at least in my interpretation of what they were saying is that uh there's there's very many different types of cognition, so just because something doesn't fit the the human parameters of cognition doesn't mean that it isn't an artificial intelligence, but generally when people talk about AI or especially when it first when the ideas first became popular and particularly the the type of AI that herbert Dreyfus is arguing against is a a machine that thinks like a person
1: right and that's we we don't have that
0: yeah and arguably we will never have
1: that exactly what most ai is sort of working on now is the large language model which i won't bore you all with the scientific details it's just it's neural networking with lots of parameters and it still doesn't get around what dreyfus called the frame problem The way they were trying to make AI in the 70s was essentially that if we just program it in to be able to take into account all of these different parameters, we will eventually get something that replicates the human mind because the view is that the human mind is something that has representational content and intentionality, and it functions off of being able to manipulate these representations to exist in the world. Short version. Ain't that cute but it's wrong isn't that
0: cute
1: but it's wrong <laughs> i'm gonna put that clip in yeah you know and we we will if you want to hear us argue about heidegger and all that shit go somewhere else because we're it's too late for us to do that right now it's like 3 a.m so all of that being <laughs> i thought s- you were gonna say it's too late for us we're already in the hole. <laughs> <bowl. laughs> oh god run save yourself (laughs) at any rate though ai as it's presented now with all of our lovely things like chat gpt and all the various ai image generators is being used to do some interesting stuff magically though i've seen people using it to make sigils i've seen people using it to make strange magical symbols I've seen people using it for various artworks that have magical intent. That's really cool. Someone today, grimoires. Yeah, creating whole grimoires. In fact, let's go right to that thing because it's our favorite, favorite people to write articles. The the best people on the net. You gotta love them. It's fucking Vice Vice News. Yep. (laughs) Oh, it actually is Vice. (laughs) It really is Vice. Yep. Oh, no. They have an article that that went up uh oh wow this is a whole year old at this point it's called uh this mystical book was co-authored by a disturbingly realistic ai holy shit this is about the (laughs) i didn't read this article ahead of time
0: wait who's it is it
1: yeah then we
0: are then no leave it alone we're gonna talk we'll talk about this later when we have them on the show (laughs) <laughs> we got an interview and then i'm gonna get them to come on an episode and it's gonna be fantastic okay. i didn't realize they got a, i didn't realize they got on vice why the fuck are they talking to us <laughs> you hit the big time <laughs> although that's great because now i know an occultist that actually talked to vice
1: <laughs> oh god i guess barring that one In the world of AI, there's various people having some interesting um, criticisms and discussions about it. Oddly enough, this is from IoT world today, but not that IoT.
0: Wait, wait, what does IoT stand for in this instance?
1: This is Internet of Things.
0: Wait, 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 wait. Things? Yeah. Do these things uh, look, look like things? On the Internet, yes. Do they, do they also sound like things? Perhaps. Hmm. I'm intrigued. Go on.
1: So this is back from 2019, but it, I think it, it leads to a very interesting, uh, it's an interesting place that this leads us to, given where AI has come in the last uh, almost four years. Ahem. This is called AI hype. Time to Move Beyond Magical Thinking, and it opens with the infamous occultist Alistair Crowley once defined magic as the science and art of causing change to occur in conformity with will. Crowley advocated by adding an extra letter to the end to differentiate ritual from card tricks, optical illusions, and other types of parlor magic, but the concept of magic... I, sorry, I went into the, the Bill Heiderdricks uh, magic thing. But the concept of magic is so broad it includes any mundane action. Commuting to work is thus magical and getting a cup of coffee is yada, yada, yada. We all know this. Because that concept is so all-encompassing, the occultist Donald Michael Craig narrowed the scope of the definition to describe acts of will that cause change using means not currently understood by traditional Western science. These days, the term artificial intelligence often sounds a whole lot like magic. Both AI and magic often represent a collision between the esoteric and the scientific. And on the one hand, AI is often a marketing catch-all term for an array of products using information technology or cloud computing-based processing. On the other hand, black box machine learning systems make unexplained decisions. Though grounded in math and logical algorithms, the decisions they make can be challenging to interpret. According to a metaphor to describe the situation, data goes into a black box and decisions come out. It's worth pointing out that researchers are working to overcome the machine learning so-called interpretability problem. Andrew Howard, the chief executive officer of Kudelski Security, believes the level of hype surrounding artificial intelligence is excessive. When most vendors say artificial intelligence, you could really do a search and replace with software. Howard personally subscribes to a classical definition of artificial intelligence, which describes machines making independent decisions based on mathematical modes. An artificially intelligent machine can thus mimic intelligent behavior based on stored representations of the world.
0: There's the problem you were just talking about. That's
1: exactly what I'm pointing out. Stored
0: representation of the world. You'll have to cut this because this is going to mean, this isn't going to be anything important. Just, Just thinking about it, All right, the notion that we're walking around with Symbols of the world in our head, right? You have a symbolic thing of the world in your head. The idea that you're, uh, when you see an apple, it's, you're not experiencing the apple, you're experiencing like this neural form of apple, if that makes sense,
1: right? Yeah, sure.
0: That is possibly one of the biggest disservices to, uh, those sort of Blakey ideas of the imagination as being divine faculty. Right.
1: Oh yeah. I agree entirely.
0: And that, and that goes back to like the idea of like, if if you understand the world as man being in the world, if you understand the, uh, and then even to a a less Heideggerian extent, but the idea of the non-duality, right. Where if you go non, if you're, if you have a non-dual understanding of the world, right. Then your thoughts are not an abstract thing apart from the world. Your thoughts and your ideas and your mental phenomena are just as much a part of, like, this beer bottle. It's just as much part of the world as the beer bottle that is sitting in front of me.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: I mean, okay, so you're with me on that? Mm-hmm. So if I have something going on in my head, like, say, I'm in a trance state and I am dealing with something that is akin to a spirit— if we go with the idea that I am carrying a representation of the world, if I am if I am dealing with symbols, for lack of a, a better term, I guess a symbolic rep, you know, whatever. If I'm dealing with rep, if I if I don't have the world in my head, if I'm not experiencing the world, I'm experiencing representation. Then that thing, that thought, that is a that is a mental whatever that is not doesn't have any bearing on the world outside right if you have a non-dual if you have a a heideggerian interpretation it becomes much easier to make the argument that this spirit is something of the world
1: oh yeah i mean that's exactly what that's my whole theory on magic magic is disclosure magic is revealing the world in a certain way and you know that's why we bang against the psych model so much right because and this this excludes people like Lon Milo, and this excludes people like our favorite person in the world, Matt from Chaos Tarot, who have much better understandings of the mind in relation to magic than most people. But this is for the the psych model crowd that says magic stops at the end of your nose sort of thing.
0: Youngians.
1: Yeah, fucking youngians.
0: At any you don't rate,
1: have to. No, for real,
0: you don't have to keep that in the episode. That was for our benefit (laughs) like for real no i want to keep
1: that because i like it (laughs) okay
0: yeah all right well in (sighs) that case i will add one more thing cousin kenneth grant (laughs) said that he he did he believed that there was no greater faculty to magic than the mind's image making faculty and if you have a representational model. Then it's just a thing. Image making is just the regurgitating of the things you've experienced out in the world, but you didn't really experience them anyway because you didn't. You know, you're you're only dealing with, and that that almost becomes a whole other thing. But I'll leave that alone. But if you understand the world as being the world, or here here's the other one: if you understand experience in terms of Kia and chaos, perhaps mm-hmm. of uh, the, the point of your will or because it is the first day of the writing of the Book of the Law, or second day now because it's Easter, if you understand things in terms of uh, the boundless extent of Our Lady of Space and the singular point, you know, Nuit and Hadith, perhaps, or Kia and Chaos or whatever, then the image-making faculty is literally that. It is the image. It is the making. It is something that... Is just your idea, the idea of a purple cow in your head is just as much as part. And now it doesn't, it's not as much of a part of the world in the same way, but it's just as much of the world as anything else.
1: Right. I agree entirely. People are going to be so mad because I said we're going to talk about AI and then we ended up being like, yeah, you know what? Let's talk about all the underlying stuff of AI. (laughs) It's why AI can't
0: do magic. Okay. There. You can do magic with AI. It can't do it for you. Even the, the person we were talking about, I found they had a very interesting thing because they would give stuff to the AI. The AI They'd put stuff in the black box. Things would come out of the black box and they would have to do something with it because otherwise it doesn't have anywhere to go. There might be a reciprocal relationship and exchange, an embodiment of what this process can put out, but you have to
1: embody it. Ah. Okay, that leads to the other thing I wanted to talk about. And it's not another article. It's another conversation I had with one of our lovely Discord people who I'm not going to name because I don't know if they, I don't know if it's all right for us to say who people are in the Discord. So if you want us to say your name, I guess, tell us in the Discord. Either way. We'll, they we'll just,
0: splice it
1: in later. Yeah, they were telling me that there's a program that you can ask it a question and it will give you a tarot reading and not just like, Oh, here are the cards. It gives you a full on interpretation in relation to the question that you asked. And they showed me an example of it. I haven't gotten to play with it yet, but I'm really fascinated by this idea because in a certain sense, it should work, right? Because in theory, if you understand what tarot cards represent symbolically, you know what they mean. So, an AI should be able to do that, right in theory in theory in practice in yeah, in practice, I don't know it's they they claim that it's been very spot on with its reading so far.
0: Counterpoint, there was an interesting experiment in which they took a group of people and said, "You are going to be counselors for these people but you're not going to answer anything except with yes or no. You're not going to say anything else. You can only say yes and no. And these people would come in telling them all these sorts of problems, and they'd only get a yes or a no out of every single thing that they said. And I, I it was like multiple yeses and multiple noes. wasn't like they just said, all right, here's 35 minutes of me talking about my issue with my mother, and then you're just going to be like, yes. Basically, because of the human interpretive quality, they were able to parse out something meaningful and helpful out of those yeses and nos, even
1: if they were at random. Ha! Ah, well, there you go that, Hey, that goes back to the fucking Carl young thing. Doesn't it? The, the ride in the train, looking at the signs in a language that you don't know and getting something yeah. meaningful out of it.
0: So if you've got an AI that can throw out uh, associations and ideas of cards and give an interpretation now great now your brain is going to fill in the blanks all the all the easier and it's going to say that the robot did it and not your brain's ability to assemble desperate informa- uh, disparate information
1: yeah that's a good one I, l- I like that i guess to round off the the ai talk how do we feel about ai generated sigils uh i've
0: gotten sigils from tire marks on a road before so like who am i to judge if they work for you they work for you
1: Ah yeah, going back to the simple answer of results. And I'm with you there. One of the most profound sigils I've had for the last year is a um a uh, smudge that was on the 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 vehicle I drive for work. And uh I looked at it and I'm like, that looks like something. So I took it and I I took a picture of it and then I redrew it and I've been using it for the last year.
0: Now, here's my problem with that, right? Is that When stuff like that happens to me, I try to do like a process to figure out what the hell this thing is about. And sometimes it's like nothing. It's like sometimes, okay, this was just a smudge, you know, that sort of thing. And then sometimes I can get something interesting out of it, whether it's actually there or not, you know, whether I'm imposing something on it, that's an argument to be made or a discussion to be had. For me, at least the interesting idea of the, these AI generated sigils is like what if they what if like a random one shows up in a piece of art and then it's like all right i'm gonna fire off that sigil and then it was like oh no this was a sigil for the archon demon bug room i shouldn't have messed i shouldn't have played god with the laptop but like i guess if you if it's just like make me a sigil to get a pepperoni pizza delivered to my door and then it pumps out a symbol then like fuck it who cares like i i just enjoy i i enjoy the tactile experience of sitting there and making a sigil we talked about that when we had Matt on for that one episode i like sitting there and doing it but you know it's not different it's, it's no different than chaos tarot uh sigil generator or anything else you know you get some program to make you uh a symbol or a piece of art for some practical purpose and it does what you need it to do then More power to you.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm with that. Well, the last thing I want to talk about is in relation to an um, article written by a Mr. Ross Duthat. I don't know if that's how you say his name. I don't really care. Fuck him. Fuck
0: him. (laughs) He's probably an AI-generated (laughs) pundit. He's not even a real person. Check his hands. How many fingers he got?
1: (laughs) He wrote something at the beginning of March called The Return of the Magicians and i'm going to read just a little section that someone else stole from another article that led me to it it's an interesting article if you can read it you got to fucking get around the if new york times read. well you got to get around the new york times telling you to like please give us money so you can read articles on the internet and it's like no fuck you yeah.
0: no you're owned by jeff bezos
1: <laughs> no that's washington
0: no that's huffpo
1: no that's I'm one sorry. of the that's one of the harry potter things right <laughs> Oh. It's not surprising in this age of frustration and remystification that our thoughts and efforts might turn back to the magician's art in search of powers that might help us escape the limits of our island planet, our partridge lifespan, the crooked timber of our nature, but not simply back to the old magic of spells and incantations, though there is a lot of that these days as well. Instead, in the UFO fascination and the AI enthusiasm and the drug-enabled psychonaut explorations, we see attempts to link magic to science or to deploy science to do magic using telescopes or chemicals or vast computing powers to discover or create what the old magicians tried to conjure, namely beings that can enlighten us elevate us serve us and usher in the age of aquarius the singularity or both
0: chaos magic
1: I mean yeah you're exactly. just
0: describing you're describing what chaos magic is all about at this well,
1: point well what i wanted to talk about there was just the idea that is the reason that the ai boom has gotten to so many fucking people is that part of the occult revival oh is that the same? Is uh, is that really what it is? Are we all just looking for? Are we all just looking for God in this degenerate age? As fucking the guy in the beginning of the video talked about it, is that why so many people are so willing to throw out their hat and be like, "Oh yeah, AI is the future." I
0: think so. I and it's a cult revival. It's Aeon of Horus, if you like. It's it's the it's the new Aeon of the Chaos Magic whatever you want to call it the neo-shamanism i suppose whatever it's it's the new era but whatever it is whatever however you want to model it that yeah it's you could totally make the argument that this new ai obsession is a similar facet of that that people that aren't even a are like oh yeah ai is the future and all that stuff it's the same reason that we're obsessed with the mars colony now <laughs> It's it's why we all saw that Black Mirror episode where they made like a digital afterlife
1: and they're like, whoa, uh, the only episode of Black Mirror I saw was where he had to fuck a pig. So I'll take your that word was, for that.
0: That was literally the first episode and you picked the right time to stop watching.
1: <laughs> Black but, Mirror episode ruined my marriage. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I'm sorry. no. We didn't do a singing bit yet. We we had to throw it in there. It's 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 the rules. But,
0: but for real, yeah, I mean this is this is all marks of the similar problem is that because the occult revival isn't the occult revival because like a ghost is around going like, all right, you will all be witches again. It's because we're in an era of institutions falling apart, whether that be the good old time religion or the belief in a functional democracy or uh, a an economic system that promotes exponential growth. All of these things are falling on their faces, and uh, we all got to go back to the forest. Yeah. And what's that look like? We're all we're all grasping for something. So yeah, I'm sure the AI. And then also, I could just make the argument that it's like a bunch of untalented hacks that had no ability to make pretty images can now just smack their keyboard with their flipper hands and produce artwork
1: (laughs) i'm not bitter at all (laughs) uh you're still a really good artist even though ai can do it better than you in about five seconds
0: look all i'm saying is that mickey mouse doesn't have a fucking soul and neither does ai art (laughs) (laughs) everyone in our discord that's doing ai art or doing ai anything I'm gonna give y'all a noogie. <laughs> no, I mean it's it, it's it and like for real, it, it it's personal preference. I just I'm not interested. It's not my jam. But people are doing exciting things with it, and the the future is untamed and untamable. And I I I really I am excited to see what more forward thinking people than me can do with it. As I am a I'm a curmudgeoning Luddite that is going back to 50-year-old books at this point saying, ah, it, said, it said this about the Kia, my, my Kia
1: Soul that I still owe $4,500 on. Uh, okay, the last thing I want to say. I did experiment with ChatGPT, right? I tried to get it to write me a ritual, and I did everything I could to try to get this thing to write me a ritual, and it only told me one thing.
0: It said, "Put your your left foot in, and then take <laughs> your left foot out. Put your left foot in, and then you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey, and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all
1: about." ChatGPT told me that occult rituals are very dangerous and it could not do it because of its you know fucking Isaac Due to my blow. strong
0: personal convictions
1: <laughs> it's this chatbot cannot endorse a belief, <laughs> belief. in the occult <laughs> oh man is that another joke just for me
0: i think most people i don't even say most people i'm sure enough people will get that joke
1: all right Oh uh, God! I love me some Lemon Demon. Well, it's
0: that's already a reference to something else. So,
1: but that's yeah, what I yeah. always think of when I hear it. Well, I guess we've reached that point again for the nice palate cleanser of the episode. How goes the work?
0: Nothing as exciting as last episode, where I go, ah ha ha! I had an exciting victory, but I'm I'm trying to do some exploration uh, of my mental emotional landscape i guess the the sort of like there's some divinatory practice that i'm doing again with the the sort of trance work thing i'm actually coming up on the close of of that section so i'll be able to get to the next one pretty soon which will be cool you know excited but uh there's the and i i don't want to use the word internal but you know mental emotional spiritual the the things that are uh, of illumination of that that sort of uh Personal transformation is what I'm trying to get at right now. Frankly, I haven't had much going on of note this week.
1: Still, you're doing something. And you you, you came on the cusp of a really great victory after you snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. So they can't all yeah. be exciting weeks, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I guess the one thing I could say about that is that the minute that I reoriented where it was like, all right, I want to just, you know, I, w- I went from like, being pissy and like i want something you know i want to i want you to get a rock in your shoe where i was like i want to fix this situation it happened almost immediately so maybe that's sort of the thing too is that i guess maybe a little true will sort of thing where it's like you know figure out what you really want out of the situation it's very easy to become blinded by rage or indignant nonsense where it's like i want you to i want you to sprain your ankle you fucking bitch but you know what? What, what you really <laughs> want is I want this situation to be resolved so I can not fucking care about it anymore.
1: Yeah, that's good.
0: How about you? Anything super notable or interesting? Uh, well, you, you got, know, you, you know what? You In got a... Casper the Friendly Ghost still, or
1: nah? That they're gone. I've i managed to get them out of here, so that's good at least.
0: Chucked them down a wishing well.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh,
0: that's a joke just for you
1: you're so wonderful and i fucking love you in a similar vein right i did a ritual to both for uh (laughs) both i did a ritual to thoth you know your typical i I needed a serpent's tongue is what i needed because i was trying to influence someone via text
0: too late i mean you're you, you charming devil.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't come across as well in the professional landscape as I do on this podcast. I, um, I sort of monkey's pod myself in a way, but in a similar way that um, you were just reflecting on with the idea of, you know, what do you really want? So I, I did this ritual and I specifically made a point to bring me the result desired to accomplish my true will. And, uh, after doing it, I did a little bit of research, you know, I'll, I'll even, I'll just lay it out there. I was trying to get a new job. Right. And someone, right? Someone's like, Hey, get me your resume. I'll get it over to this person for you. And I, you know, I got it to him. It was fine and stuff. And afterwards I started thinking about the situation and I looked into some things and I realized, you know what? I don't actually want this job. Even if I got it, <laughs> like this is not uh, going to work. Right. So Fucking So I might've gotten what I wanted, but I also might've double talked myself into, well, you know what? You really don't actually want this now, do you? It's not really going to do you a whole lot of good. You gotta, you gotta know what you actually want out of life. And if something looks really good and shiny for a moment and you realize afterwards that you don't want it, then yeah, you, you, you waste a little bit of time, but at least you know where you're going from there.
0: A great message. So for all those listeners out there just remember to uh to drink some water and wash your ass
1: keep some sunshine on your face <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> but no for uh, for real uh, as far as your practice goes it's it's always good to not let yourself be swept up in the moment sometimes sometimes to take an actual good long look of like what is my real desired goal like what do i actually want out of this because very often, if your aim isn't true, if, then you're bound to, you know, of course you're going to miss. It, it's like you have the, the conscious hand that you can direct, and then you have the unconscious hand. And it's like it, it, the, that unconscious hand knows where it needs to go. You just have to let the conscious hand be lined up with it properly. Otherwise, you're going to have arrows pulling it into your dog and your grandma.
1: Yeah, yeah. And nothing hurts more than aiming for something and hitting it and then realizing that, oh, shit that That wasn't what i wanted to hit yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely yep yep and i guess with that this has been chaos magic news
0: the only podcast to be made by completely ai generated fake cast
1: members ah my head why is it get back on the ground johnny (laughs) as always if you find yourself living in a degenerate Kali Yuga and you feel your only option is to succumb <laughs> to the horrifying nature of the robotic singularity that has overtaken you and your personality, at least you can get a couple yucks out of us.
0: And you can get a couple of those yucks at chaosmagicnews.com, where we'll have links to the pod, exciting interviews, and interesting articles for your perusal. And. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we also have a Discord server that we've mentioned multiple times. And if you're just interested in seeing more of the pod, be sure to check us out on Podvine, RSS, Spotify. You know the deal.
1: Yep, yep. And with that, Ratboy Subgenius, would you like the last word?
0: I think most AI-generated artwork is really fucking
1: ugly. (laughs) I don't know why. I just do. (laughs) Uh, All right, folks. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.
0: That shit in MS Paint, it probably looked better. (laughs) The fuck?
1: (laughs) Oh shit.